Just to remind everybody at home and everybody who's here that, you know, the scroll of the Torah is within a uh, 53 portion of the Torah. The Torah was divided. I mean, it's a one long story built from five books. It's called the five books of Moses. But it's not just by mistake, it's a five books. Uh, hopefully, when we're going to know each other better, you will understand it's corresponding to five categories of energy. Those five categories of energy called sefirot. It's called Keter, Chokhmah, Binayin, Zeran, Pin, Malchut. You don't have to memorize it. Just understand it's not just a coincidence. And you have 52 weeks in the year. And uh, every week is have a different energy. That energy of the Torah, it's endless energy. Meaning every week that energy is revealing itself specifically for the universe. It's called Olam Shana Nefesh, for the Olam, meaning for the world. Uh, Shana, it's time, so meaning every year you read the same section. There is no reason to read the same section. We all know, if you are in my age, you know the story again. I mean, how many times are you going to hear the same story? I mean, it's like reading Pinocchio for 50 years. It's kind of, okay, I think I got the point. But the Torah is different. The Torah is a very unique book. It's renew itself in heaven. Meaning that the words are the same, but your understanding is keep changing. Not just because intellectually you read the commentary, it's just the energy of the Torah is very unique a book. And it's not a book that tells just story. The story is basically the clothing of an energy that's coming from above to below. And once you know how to connect to it, that energy will guide you in, in this specific week to do better. That's really why we are meeting, why we study, why on Shabbat, we read the, the Torah from the scroll. Why we read it on Monday and Thursday. Those of you who go to Binyan on Monday and Thursday. There is a reason for it. It's not just a coincidence. I want to start with that. Because I meet a lot of people who go to shul, go to synagogue. And they think it's kind of tradition. In Kabbalah, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly, my specialty is Kabbalah. I teach portion of the week and other study. But Kabbalah is my, my essence. That's what defines me. In Kabbalah, everything is based on, on non-physical things. So, for example, if you look at the candle, you can see the wax or the olive oil, and you see the, the wick, you know, when you put the wicks inside, you're going to light it with a fire. Uh, the, the most physical part of the candle will be the wax and the wick. But what you use the candle for is for the light. You follow me? You're using it for the light. You don't use the candle for the fire. You uh, you don't use the candle for the wax. You don't use the candle for, for the wick. It's an instrument to reveal light. For that reason, it's a Ner Hashem Nishmat Adam. The candle of God is the soul of a person. We are like candle. But it's not how beautiful just you look and how strong you are, even soul-wise or mentally, it's how much light you truly revealed. That's what defines you. You are only being defined of how your soul expresses itself into society, into this world. So every person born with a gift. Some people born with a gift of uh, public speaking. Other people are born with a gift of study well. Other people know how to raise money. There's people who really, truly, I sat with two guys, really know how to raise money. I thought, I know how to raise money. I don't. They know how to raise millions. And like that, they, they they talented. Every person have that gift of what your candle can reveal itself. Now this week, Pasha, it's called Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah. There's no other woman in the Bible or any other woman in the in the Torah Nevim Ketuvim that we are talking so much about her like Sarah. And we need tonight to, because I said the subject tonight is how to get really what you want. Uh, before we going into the Zohar and explain how to get what you want, we need to understand who Sarah was. Before even I'm going to go to the story of this week, Parsha. Sarah was unique. What makes Sarah unique more than Rachel, more than Rebecca, more than Eve, more than any woman in the Bible? Only her has been mentioned how many years she lived. Only her is talking about the cemetery, how you bury her. She's a star. She's a superstar. Now, when you look at her life, you don't like her that much. She's not likable, by the way. She's not likable. 
she is one of those women that you, eh, I don't want her around me. That's not one of the women you want around you because she's tough. She's not diplomatic. Definitely not diplomatic. She's rough and tough and say the way it is. Garesh Ama. Get, get this woman out of my house together with her son out. Now, if you're judgmental, and I think we all are, we are judging her for being like a bad wife to Avram. She just told Avram, I cannot bear a child. Take a ta'ama, take that servant and have children with her. When Avram have a child with her, all of a sudden she said, out of my house. Doesn't look right. What we don't know is what the Talmud is teaching us, that she saw that Ishmael, the son of Agar, is basically using idol worshipping and bring society back to where it was before Avram. Avram revealed something you can, if in modern brain, we'll call it quantum physics. If it's a religious brand, you're going to call it one God. If it's a spiritual brain, I will tell you that everything is unity, meaning it's all one. The leaf, the, 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 the human, the, the, it's all, all the same. We're all one. So when we are looking, when we are looking into Sarah, she just does whatever she thinks is right. How many of us, I mean, it's something you have to ask yourself tonight when you go home. How many of you are doing what's right? Even if you're going to be, you're going to lose all your friends on Facebook. I think that's what people care about. You're going to lose all your friends on Facebook or what else, Instagram and all the other things. Nobody say hello to you. Nobody invite you for pooling party just because you did the right thing. Are we busy doing the right thing? Or are we busy doing the thing which will get me more people to follow me? It's something you got to ask yourself. So for that reason, Sarah, only one. Only one in the entire Bible. And by the way, the Zohar mentioned in the book of Zohar written 2,000 years ago that when uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the greatest rabbi of all time, asking the angel, would you please show me what is women do in the upper world? Because Rabbi Shimon is asking, we all know what men doing up there because there's so many things in the Talmud, in the Zohar, the, the, the Mishnah, it's, it's talk about men. So by the way, women is the only rabbi you dare to ask. What about women? I want to know. Did the angel say, you don't have anything else you want to know? Say, no, I only want to know what is women doing in the upper world? <laughs> you know, there's no books on that. The angel go up to heaven. It's a beautiful story. When they go up to heaven, they ask, of course, all the way to the chambers. And they say, if it's for Rabbi Shimon, you can reveal to him part of the story, but you cannot reveal all the story. So they're going down and then they reveal Avram, the whole story, what's going on there. And then he asked them, I want to know more about Sarah. What? He says, Sarah, even as an angel, we're not allowed to interfere with our chamber. Just to let you understand how far we cannot fully understand, because we think in a term of body, we think in a term of five senses. We're very limited with our mind. It doesn't matter how far you go from your mind, you go back to that flesh and meat. That flesh and meat is the part that is not endlessly. The only thing which is endlessly is the soul. The soul is the essence of God. The body is a memory of your parents, meaning that's what your parents gave you. They gave you body. God gave the soul. The soul and the body now functioning together in this world. So the body would be the selfish kids inside of us, like me, me, me. The soul would be the God part, how to share, how to love. Sarah went only for the soul. We're going to read about it. Only for the soul. Nobody consciousness. Nobody. I'm doing what's right for my people. I'm doing what's right for my husband. I'm doing what's right for the world. What if everybody hates you? It's not, it's not for me to say who's hating me and who's loving me. It's a beautiful thing, but can you imagine yourself doing it right now? It would be very difficult and dangerous. It's scary. I mean, I was thinking about it and I talked to my family yesterday. I said, can we be us? Can you actually be you? Meaning raw energy, just you. For the sake of sharing, not for, be you. I, I know some people say, I, I, I would like to feel I can do whatever I want. I say, you mean like sharing, giving, give your house away, help people? Is that what you want to do? So I don't know. Whatever I want mean what I can get. So a lot of time when people tell you, I would like to do whatever I want, you may think, oh my God, such a nice people. They want to do whatever they want. They want to give all their time away 
for volunteering. No, when people say whatever I want, it's equal whatever selfishly I want. And usually whatever selfishly I want is not necessarily what you want, is what some force, that negative force called the evil inclination, force you to want. If you think when you want what you want is because you want it, you've been fooled. You don't want what you want because you want it. You want what you want because you're forced to want it. And until you're not going to start controlling what you want, you're never going to know what you want. A lot of time people fall in love. You know, this guy is a wonderful doctor. God bless him. I want him to keep busy. I have no names. And he keeps beating his soulmate every six months. Every six months he's beating his soulmate. Every six months. And we, we start getting to know each other after more than a year now in New York. So I, I, I know his role. So, Leo, you know, I, I know you, this spiritual meditation you gave me, it's unbelievable. I met a soulmate. So, but you told me you met a soulmate six months ago. Ah, oh, no, no. This soulmate is a different type of soulmate. So what's the difference? Ah. So I start making fun of him. So I said to him, okay, doctor, I'm feeling that every soulmate you meet, it's a very, forgive my language, very ugly. She looks extremely ugly, extremely not your type, but because you believe in her soul, you don't care. And you go for it. And we, we both start laughing. He got my message. And he said, no, 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 not exactly. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I've fallen in love because, you know, she's attractive. I think I'm attractive. And then we fall in love. And I said, what happened three months later, four months later? I say, well, after that, uh, um, I feel like I did a mistake. So what was the mistake? And he said, well, I don't know. I said, I'll tell you what was the mistake. Another girl passing by, and then you realize, wait a minute. I um, keep eating, forgive my language again, tomato for too long, three months, and here come all of a sudden a watermelon passing by. Now, I eat tomato for three months. I don't want to develop the relationship. I want to develop my collection. So when you develop your collection, you are busy with what you want. You're not busy with what you really need for your soul. Sarah was not like that. That's why I'm very enjoyed talking about this parasha because can you be you? Can you be yourself for the sake of sharing? Not for the sake of receiving. What can I give? What can I help? You know, what can I... I mean, there is neighbors in New York. I don't know if you have lucky enough to find good people in New York. I'm lucky. I mean, they say, they say in the Talmud, when a person is not so smart, God make him lucky to be the right people. So I'm definitely consider myself not smart. I'm smart in one area and that's it. But I'm not smart in most area of life. And God give me always to meet the right people. And you know, when you sit next to the good people, it's it's just unbelievable feeling. It's just good human being. They wake up in the morning to think how to help. They wake up in the morning to think how to do better things for people. I just want to open with that. And then go to the story of the partial. I know I promise you people in the home, I'm talking to the camera in LA, that I'm going to go through the Parsha first, but I, I had to say it because of, I'm sure you know the situation going on in the world right now. Uh, it seemed like uh, some of us start to get scared expressing our truth because it is scary out there. Because whoever expressed their truth, they might punch you. Somebody was punched today in Westlake, California, didn't make it, unfortunately, die. So things are not going the way we wanted them to go. But it doesn't mean that some of the truth should not come out. I know it's tough. I know it's painful. I know it's scary. But a little bit of the truth should come out because I'm sure we all have something to give to the world. So the story go by Chaye Sarah. They, they tell us how, how old she lived. I cannot go into all the details because I need eight hours for this just to teach it the way I want it. So I promise to skip some of the part and just give you the main essence of the, of the parsha. And Avram, of course, is sad. When they say that Avram is sad, Avram is a spiritual person. He's not sad for himself. Avram is sad for the world. The world had a big loss. It's not about Avram. Avram is a spiritual person. He's talking to God every day. So there is no, for him, Sarah didn't die. He's in that level of consciousness, Sarah never died. But for the world, for his son, missing something. And of course, you need to bury her. We need to bury her. He go to a guy named Ephron. And they say, do I mind if I buy a piece of land? Okay, because I need to bury, he said that he need to bury his wife. And of course, that negotiation, it's spooky a little bit. 
very spooky, and we're going to talk about it. How to get what you want. How did he get it? In the end, he get it. He was making a good deal. The other person felt he did a good deal. And he took from him a lot of money from that piece of land that not worth a lot physically. But spiritually, it's very special. After that, Abraham is making his servant swear to find soulmate to his son Isaac. He said, I want you to swear to me that you're going to find a soulmate for my son. Now, his soulmate, his is, is servant, is not as wise or spiritual like Abraham, but it's a mission. That's his mission. So he's going to go for his mission. He's worried about the responsibility. He said, yes, Abraham is my master, and he chose me to do that. But uh, how do I know that I'm doing the, the, the right thing? So he took the camels and he's going there. And then he's speaking to God. And that pray everybody should know by heart, by English, by Hebrew. And he say, Vayomer Hashem Elokei Adoni Avraham. He say, my God, master, the, the God of my master Abraham, please put the front of me. I'm begging you. The soulmate of my son, uh, my master's son. And I'm going to stand there. And whoever, he, 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 he play game with himself. Whoever going to come out to get water out of the well. And I'm going to ask her, can you give me water? And she will tell me, of course I will give you water. And I will give water to your camels as well. Then I know she's the soulmate. What kind of a sign? Maybe we should open a, a site for soulmate called the well. Because it seemed like the entire Bible, where they meet each other in the well. Of course, there is Kabbalistic secret. I'm not going to go into it right now. But why the well? Why camels? Why water? But there is a very simple aspect here. I mean, the sharing. Sharing. When guys come to me, I say, how do I know if I find the right girl? What, what is about girls that I need to look for? I said, sharing. Don't worry about nothing else. If she doesn't have kindness, chesed doesn't have kindness in it, it's not, it's not going to be okay tomorrow. It's not going to be. This is, this usually it gets worse. If she's really into herself, she, it gets worse into herself after that. So when girls ask me, what about guys? I said to them, if the guy doesn't share, it's a female soul. It's not a male soul. Stay away from it. A guy who doesn't want to share, it's not a male soul. As we're going to speak about reincarnation next week, we're going to talk about male and female soul. Male soul want to share. It's called Zeran Pini. He has to be mashpia. He has to give. Female soul is receiving. It's two aspects, like plus and minus in electricity. So the plus is the male. That's what they give, like, like making a child, sperm, and so on and so on. The receiving part is the woman. So that's why women sometimes embarrass in a day to eat or to drink too much wine because it doesn't look good, but we still want it. I grew up with three sisters. That's where I didn't have any brother. So I remember my sister after a date, of course, the, the food has to be ready and I have to be out of the dining room. You know, they got to eat something. Can't eat the food of the guy. So so that's, that's why sharing is an aspect of defining. Eliezer made it and he bring Rebecca home Isaac is taking Rebecca to the mother's, uh, uh, his mother's tent. And at that moment, he knew she's his soulmate. What's in the tent? So maybe there's a second uh, soulmate site. We should open the tent and the well. Well tent, maybe. So in the tent, Sarah's spirit revealed itself to Rebecca. Since Sarah, no woman was able to be a sharing human being like Rebecca. And that's why when he saw that Rebecca is exactly like his mom, it's all about giving, say, she can speak up. She can share an opinion. That's Rebecca. That's Rebecca. And that's why she was able eventually to give birth to Jacob. Esau as well, but Jacob. And you know who Jacob was? Eventually become Israel. And from here came Bnei Israel, the children of Israel, what we eventually, the Jew, Yehuda, was Jewish, was as the Jewish people. Now, that's basically the story. Now I'm going to go into how to get what you want. When I'm sharing with you how to get what you want, I have to share a story that is a spooky story. Those of you who are in business or in real estate business, not going to like that story because it feels like cheating. Anybody in real estate here? Nobody's in real estate, right? Nobody. Okay. I'm reading now from Zohar Kuf Gimel. 
under them three. בואו ראה, come and be old, come and see. אם עפרון היה רואה במערה מה שהיה רואה באברהם, לא היה מוכר אותה לעולם. I want to tell you something, say the Zohar. If Ephron would see what Abraham saw in that piece of land, he will never sell that piece of land. Now a question I want to ask you, what do you think is that fair? Is that fair to buy a piece of land from someone who doesn't know the true value of that piece of land? Should you tell them the value of that piece of land? Something to keep, it, to keep that question in your mind. It doesn't, right? I mean, let's play it fair. אלא ודאי שעפרון לא ראה בה מהומה. סייד אל-זוהר, עפרון didn't see a thing at that piece of land. He thought it's, a, it's garbage, mean nothing. כי אין דבר מתגלה זולת לבעליו. That's something that you have to remember for the rest of your life. אין דבר מתגלה זולת לבעליו. Or in the language of the זוהר, דעה לתמילה את גליה אלא למערה. Meaning, the gift only revealed to the true owner of that gift. It's a big, big lesson from the Zohar, my friend. Sometimes people feel guilty that they buy a certain property and they made so much money for, from it, and the person who sell it to them feel bad. How come I didn't know how to make money from that property? And they have a vision, and they saw the vision in that property, and they do a lot with it. Or sometimes people get divorced. It happened. And you see that that the next husband or the next wife of that individual all of a sudden have the greatest time. Why? They are good and I try with that woman or I try with that husband and it was a nightmare. And they go ahead and it's perfect for them. So we can get jealous a little bit. We can get upset a little bit. But you shouldn't. And if you will get upset, you will be stuck there forever. And then you're going to waste your life for nothing. Just for being upset why it didn't happen to me. But the Zohar is telling you, the true treasure can only be revealed to the true owner. Avram was the true owner of that uh, place. Let's find out why. It revealed to him because it was belonged to him. If you have a house that belonged to you, a piece of land that belonged to you, a certain amount of money, or a man, or a woman, when I say belong, meaning you marry, or an idea. That's your, that's what God want to give you. It's not yours. It was a gift of God to you. And nobody can take it away from you. I share with you a story. That's where I, I come from. I, I was in a business meeting. It was a debate, business meeting. Usually they bring me in to be a spiritual judge. I'm not a judge, but a spiritual judge to, 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 to wait and make everybody come down before they kill each other. So, you know, it's come to a lot of money. People can get angry. So the story goes like this. Somebody felt he was fooled by another guy. Why? Because he offered him a certain client. Uh, we talk about not in thousand, not in 10,000, not in 100,000. We talk about millions. So it's a lot of money. And they felt they gave a good deal. And when they called the other guy, say, I hope you give me credit for that because, you know, I said, I introduced you. Da, 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 da. And the other person just make fun of him. So, like even curse him and close the phone and forget about him. Of course, he's furious, he's angry, you want to destroy him now. No, no. So, and it happened today. So we're sitting together, and I said, he said, yeah, what do you think? I said, well, it's funny that I'm supposed to teach it tonight. And I said to him, the person you introduce him to, that gonna, according to you, gonna make him millions of dollars. If it will, it will. But if you're going to be busy with that client that you introduced right now, the real big client that's going to knock on your door, you're going to miss him. So what do you mean? So there's a big client coming your way. But you're going to be crying out loud about what I've done to you. How can you do this to me? Then you're going to miss the real gift that God want to give you. Because the end of Armin Galele Ba'alav, thing will only reveal to the true owner. You're the true owner of that guy, then he will come back to you. If you don't, then let it go. I said, do you want another arm in your back? You have another arm in your back, it could be great. Take the sponge and you know, you wash your back, it wash your face while you're using the soap in different area. You have three heads, that's not so bad. Why don't you ask God to give you extra arm? So I, 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 I don't want extra arm. Stop asking I said, exactly. That person that you lost, it's you don't lose people. 
אין דבר כזה, there's no such a thing. But for that you need to have אמונה, you need to have faith, you need to have belief, you need to have certainty in God. That God running the show, not you, not me, no, no, no. People tell me what's going on in Israel, running the show. I said, listen, I served in the army about three and a half years. No bullet running the show, no missile running the show, no, nobody running the show, no. We are living in a movie right now. I mean, I know it's hard for most of us, including myself, to do it. Can you imagine that we are watching a movie now that already happened? Can you put it into your mind? Impossible, right? Can you, can you actually look at the news, I don't know, CNN and say, wow, that happened in 1962? Wow, I, I got to see it again. Can you in your mind do it to yourself? In, almost impossible. But if you can do it, you can control it. But because we cannot do it, we can't control it. We get furious, we get angry, we get upset. Because that movie already happened. So you want to tell me people dying today and, and injury and screaming and yelling and the humiliation didn't happen? It, it did. But it's an, if the brain of you, enough human can look at it as a historical event, we can actually cancel it. But if we look at it as a moment event, and I, I'm, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm saying it's only for a certain group of people who can actually change it in here. It's very hard to look at things and say, Like, like we're sitting here right now. This is New York, 72nd Street, right? Is it really where we are? How do you know where we are? Until you're not getting out of that door, you believe that's where you are. But can you change it in your mind when you're going to get out of the door? You're actually in Tel Aviv without the missile, okay? And you have some good shawarma or sushi waiting for you, right? But it's only in the mind setting. We have no idea how far the mind can go. The Kabbalah is teaching us that the mind, if you can start working with your mind, you can control your entire life. The difficult part about working with the mind, you need to spend time on that. You need to practice every day one hour meditation. One hour at least to know where my mind is, where my mind is. And that takes time. And so most people say, ah, I'm not into five minutes meditation and I'm gone. No, no, you got to really sit with yourself. and start deciding what's really going on. What's truly going on? You get rejected. Do you truly get rejected? Or you decide that that's a rejection? Start working with your mind. You will find the best partner ever. Abraham, it's a, why it was not revealed to Ephron? Because Ephron didn't have any peace there. Besides, he was the owner of that physical property, and he was keeping it for Avram to come. That was his job. Sometimes your enemy keep the property for you. Just don't get insulted. Don't get too sensitive. When Ephron looked at that piece of land, and then the cave, he saw darkness. He saw nightmare. He saw like the worst piece of land I ever bought into my life. But I can't make out that. That's why I want to get rid of it. So, So they ask, Zohar ask, Why is Avram was not direct with him? Tell him, I want you to sell me that piece of property. He didn't tell him right away, I want to buy it. He said, can you give it me, please, the cave and the piece of land? He didn't talk about the field. So Ephron said, listen, I'm going to give you the cave, I'm going to give you the land, I'm going to give you all of it. Avram only asked, can you give me, not can you sell me? Because Ephron could not stand that piece of land specifically. He didn't know what it was. I will tell you what it was in a second. Even the place of the cave, that's why he sold everything. So first, you need to know Hebron, those of you who have been in Israel. Hebron is a piece of land, one of the pieces of land that belong to the Jewish people because there is documentary, I mean, not documentary, a contract, contract that it's actually belong to Avram. Now let's see the view of Avram on this piece of land. <coughs> Again, we are talking about how to get what you want. First time Avram went into the cave, Rasham Or, he saw light, very special light. And the sand, the dirt start moving. You know, like, like you see in one of those movies of uh, Harrison Ford, what do you call those? 
Yeah, when he's searching for the treasure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this one, this one, yeah. <clears throat> Indiana Jones, when he's looking for treasure. So the 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 the, the wind the, the wind took the sand away and he saw two graves. Who was that? <coughs> two graves. And Adam. It was Adam and Eve. So now you know when you go to Hebron, who's buried in Hebron? Adam and Eve. So Avram starts to have a conversation with him and he answered him. Adam told him, God hide me here. He told me to hide here in this cave. And since my sin, I'm hiding here. That's what I'm doing. And it's a little bit sad. And he say, until Abraham come to the world, Adam is teaching him, the world was meaningless. Even Noah and Adam, nobody brought a meaning to the universe. People just live 900 years old, but nothing. You know, there is people who live 70 years, but every day is like the other day. So basically their 70 years is like one day or one week. So they are alive for one week. But if you look at the calendar, they are alive for 75 years or 85 years. It depends what you do with your life. It's not how long you live it. It doesn't matter how long your life is. What do you do every day? Are you always turning right? Are you always go to the same Starbucks? Are you always ordering the same coffee? Are you always eating the same food? Are you always on the phone going through your Instagram and looking for a certain thing? It's boring. That's when you don't, you're not truly alive. You're dead already because you're not changing. So why you need another day if you're going to do tomorrow the same thing? If the guy in Starbucks know your name and know what your order is, you have a problem. You have a serious problem. Serious problem, not small, serious. If they know you in those places because you do the same thing again and again and you're turning right and you never turn left, you always... If you drive a car, you always go in the same direction. Change a little bit. Take some risk. Discover life. Life is waiting for you. Opportunity is waiting for you. Don't go the regular way all the time. Hashem is everywhere. The Creator is everywhere. Hashem is everywhere. If you're only going to go in the same direction, you believe that this is safe. Because maybe you have control freak syndrome. you you got to know everything going on. But Hashem is not exist where control freak syndrome exists. Because once you control, it's called tzimtzumim in Kabbalah. Tzimtzumim in contraction, meaning uh, restriction or, or limitation. That's what tzimtzum means. You cannot be tzimtzum. You have to open your mind. There's things there. But for that, you have to take a big risk. A wonderful guy told me two weeks ago, he just got married uh, a year and a half ago. So I said to him, I was married. He didn't want to get married. He never want to get married. And he married a wonderful, 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 sharing human being that I know for many years. And they got married. And she, she's, she's challenging him, and I love how she challenged him. Yes, fear is very, very, very conservative. Everything is set. People, perfect human being. Everything is set. You know, he's parking for the car. It's for 25 years. He knows exactly what's... Everything is the same. Nothing ever changed. This woman is no, no, no such a thing. Those of you who know astrology, she's Aquarius. Oh, she come to break all the rules exist in the world. If you marry an Aquarius, it's time for change. He told me she took me to Africa. So she took me to Africa. You, you never left America. I said yes. One of my first trips was to Africa. So what happened in Africa? She she put him on a, well, no, I don't know if I would do it, in a hot air balloon, and I said. What do you mean? And there is animal below you, like those big, real animals? Say, yes, that's what she did. And how did you do it? I said, well, first panic. I, I didn't want to do it. I never get out of my four square of New York City and the restaurant I like. Everything is the same. And she get him out. You know what? You would not believe me, but I'll tell you, his face changed physically. His face looked different. He's a different human being because he, he, she broke him out of that shell, of the turtle shell. And it's beautiful to see a woman does it for a man. When women sometimes come to ask me, what's my mission here with a man? You gotta break them out of the shell. You gotta, you gotta shake them a little bit for their own good, not for you. It will be good for them. 
Not good for you. Not all the size of my ring. Oh my God, it's not big enough. Who cares if it's big enough? Who cares? If you have love, that's big enough. If you love the person you're with and he love you, ring, that's really your life. The ring, what are you going to do with the ring? Look at it. Hey, love me, love me. Why, you're so uncertain that you need the ring to remind you that he love you? Then you don't, there's no love there. Ring is beautiful decoration, a beautiful thing to make sure you love. But love is not based on ring or the size of the house, the size of the car, and if it's a Gucci shoes or not Gucci shoes. I'm not saying don't be materialistic. You love materialism, go for it. Buy shoes, diamond. But there's another level above that. It's connection. And when you have that connection, it's worth all the diamond in the world and all the house in the world. Because the moment of connection between two people, it feels more than diamond. Try to imagine the most expensive diamond in the world sitting in your closet and you open it and you put it on. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm not getting it correctly, but it doesn't feel amazing all the time. It's like eating the tomato every day. I put the ring, I, take a, I put the ring, I put the ring. So what? Now you feel if he leave you, you have something to, to be with. So it's worth three minutes. So that's when in your mind, you're uncertain about your future. So you're not enjoying the moment. You know, those people who keep buying ice cream and buying ice cream, but never eat the ice cream. They bring ice cream. I want this. And I want that flavor and that flavor. Hey, did you ever sit down and just enjoy just chocolate vanilla? You know, the mix of black and white or brown and white. And just lick it a little bit and enjoy the moment. Well, you keep, what about pistachio? Because when I was younger, it was maybe five flavors. That's it. Today, you go into ice cream shop. You have cayenne chocolate. You ever heard cayenne with chocolate? I, I never understand cayenne. And you know what cayenne is, right? It's a spicy schuk. You put schuk into ice cream. So what do you think about this story? You think it's fair? What do you think? I'm asking you, really. I, I, I gave that lecture about 20,000 times. So what do you think? I mean, is it, is it fair? Because I'm here to teach you how to get what you want. Is that the way you want to get what you want? i give you a worse story. A woman met a guy that dating a girl. After she met him, he liked her. He left, the girl is with, they fall in love, they marry, they have four kids, they move to Israel, they're the most happy. That woman is still miserable, still in therapy, still in problem. Is that fair? No. Is that meant to be? Yes. So what do we do? I mean, did you ever experience something that you feel was unfair to you? Because if you want to get what you truly want, you have to skip the, that, that what you want is truly a gift that comes from above instead of what you want is what I want. Because if you decide what you want, you make a list of the things that you want, could be that that list that you wrote down, it's not truly yours and you're chasing something which belongs to another person. But if you open yourself up and say, Master of the world, Olam, I am here to open myself to your gift, and I'm here to become your vessel to receive it. If you're able to do that, then you're going to meet your destiny. But if you keep chasing everything that you're jealous from, you're not going to be happy. It's, oh, 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 every day will, it will be a change. I want this today. Tomorrow I want that. Tomorrow I want because it's always change. Yes, yes, please. I would like to hear you. Yeah. Could you could you pray enough in asking for real wants? So how do you know that your wants are what you want or what you're supposed to want in the house? Yeah. First, why would you pray for that? Huh? Why would you pray for that? It's a, it's a good point. You have proper desire. But but the idea is if you ring the bell to God, is that make God your servant or it make God your God? You gotta ask yourself that deep question. When we ask from God, think, is it okay? Or is it what we call an evil chutzpah, audacity? What, what, what does it feel like to you? Like God, a hey, uh, you know, soulmate, like remember we talked last year, Rosh Hashanah. What's going on? It's some delay. Uh, God, the job, I don't like it. Are you, are you, do you listen to me? God, what's happening? Um, still the pain in my leg, five years, still pain. 
physical therapy, everything, went to the chamber of ice, nothing worked. So what do we do? Do we ask or we don't ask? This is, this is the question. So in Tikkuni Zohar, in a section that Rabbi Shimon Baruchai wrote in the cave, it's a tough section. Again, we are not in that level. I will mention it anyway, not because we're capable of that, because that's what been mentioned 2,000 years ago. It doesn't mean we're capable of that. It's just something in the book. Rabbi Shimon say like that. When people ask from God something, they sound like dog. Why did he say that sound like dog? And he say, how is dog barking? When dog is barking, he say, those of you who know Hebrew, he say, hav, hav. Hav, hav, that's the sound. Hav, hav is a bet, a bet, meaning give me, give me. Hav in Hebrew means give me, give me. And when the angel hears that voice of a human being, they usually push his prey and the person outside of the chamber. They don't want that person to get in. Because what is a chutzpah for a person even to ask to remind God what exactly missing? If God is God, and you believe God exists, and you believe God loves you, I hope you, you know God loves you, otherwise he wouldn't create you, right? I mean, very simple formula here. He loves you, he creates you. Why do you have pain? Why do you have suffering? Why you don't find your soulmate? Why you don't have enough money? Why you have pain in your ankles? Why you have pain in your shoulder? Why? Why? Well, there is a big difference, and I will try to say it in a simple way, even it's uh, written in my book in the first chapter about desire. The idea of desire is two levels. There is, I want because I don't have, or I want because there is. I want you to make the distinguish between the two. And th that answer is supposed to, to help you understand. I don't know the name. Yeah. Yeah, this is for you in general idea. I know you ask small question, but I'll answer it a little bit in a bigger way. How do you look at your life when you want something? Do you look at your life, I want money because I don't have, or I want money because there is? I want soulmate because I know she's there or is there, or I want soulmate because I'm lonely, I don't have. This question is a very important question because in Kabbalah there is something called Shivui Tzura. Shivui Tzura will be translated into affinity. When you have affinity with God or Dvekut, Dvekut means cleaving with the Creator, you're acting like the Creator, then things just come to part. When you activate it, your selfish desire based on your need, you create this affinity with the Creator. At that moment you start to separate. Every time you think about the thing you don't have, separation is taking a place. Every time that you are going into master of the world, I know you love me, and I know you want to give me that tea. I would like you to help me to be a good recipient for the tea you want to give me. That's okay to say it this way. But if I am, I want a tea, because Jonathan has tea too. No good. That's called idol worshiping, because I start comparing, and I start telling God how to function. God is, if you want to know what God is from a Kabbalistic point of view, it's not this old man in the sky that you using a very good telescope to look at your behavior. It's a force. It's an energy field that just do giving and love. That love and giving can come into what we call vessel, or if you want, you can call it desire, if there is affinity between the receiver to the giver. To create affinity between the giver and the receiver, we need to change. Not that need to change. When you say, I want, you're making that force change. You, 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 you want that force to change. And if you want that force to change, that force can have filters. There's 10 filters. And that filter can come as judgment. That filter can come as mercy. That, come, that channel can come as fake. It manifests itself in different way, like electricity. Electricity, if you put your finger in the socket, you can kill yourself. But if you use electricity for the camera, for the light, oh, wonderful. We can use it wonderful. Depends on what filter you use. It. The flow of energy coming from above to below, it's endlessly. as everything in it. All what we need to do is to prepare, like you say, the right desire and how to desire. You can only desire it in Hebrew. It's called la'asot, nachat. Ruach I will translate it, I have stuff to translate. 
to be able to receive for the sake of giving pleasure to the giver. I repeat, to, be, to receive for the sake of giving pleasure to the giver. So let's say I'm making a, a something in Hungaria. Hungarian Jew teach me how to make something. Nobody's Hungarian, so you wouldn't know it. It's called palacinta. You wouldn't know what palacinta is. Palacinta is like blinches. What? You're not Hungarian. I'm so Hungarian. You know what palacinta is? Of course. <laughs> so Mrs. Ullman, that's her name, she's from Hungaria. Mrs. Ullman invited me. And um, she's the Holocaust survivor. And she loved my family very much. May she rest in peace. And she teached me a lot of lessons, Miss Ullman. All her, all her sons are the top rabbis of all over the world, the top rabbi of London and Israel. Ullman, Rabbi Ullman. So for some reason, she loved my family. We were very different. And Miss Ullman was talking about Palachinta. Now, I'm Sephardic Jew. She's very Ashkenazi. You know, put Palachinta. I don't know what it is. So my mom said, be nice and uh, take a piece. That piece. It looked weird. It looked like rolls and the cheese kind of went out. It's cinnamon and raisin, if you know what it is. I don't think I'm going to like it. My mom telling me like, be nice, receive. So I'm taking it to respect Miss Ullman to give her the pleasure of giving me something. So I'm eating it and actually I enjoy it. Now, now I like it. Now I want a second piece. Second piece, my mom said, no. Interesting story. If it's already good, let me have a second one. But now I want to receive it because I want it. Before that, I receive it to give pleasure to Mrs. Ullman. I hope you understand the story. You're allowed to receive whatever you want in life. You want a billion dollars, you're allowed to receive a billion dollars. No problem. Private jet, all yours. But why you want to receive? You want to receive because you want to give pleasure to, do, to your maker, to your creator. Because the creator want to give you everything. Now you can have it all. What do you want? Soulmate? Yes. Yes. I want to meet my soulmate because I know God how much you love me and I want you want that I will meet my soulmate. So I want it from that channel. I don't want to receive it because I want it. I want to receive it because I know how much you want to give it to me. And it's not faking it. You cannot fake it. You have to be real. I mean, it's not a game. It's a serious thing. Same with business. You're looking for a good job. You're looking for a good money, maybe something to pay you very well. Draw it into your life. But don't do like the, that book. What's the name of that book? The Secret. The book, uh, there is a beautiful book called The Secret. Uh, five of the people that I happen to know, they took a lot of things from Kabbalah and they planted only the practical part. And I told them, the spiritual part is missing. So, ah, Liao, that, that sell better. No, it's not the way. But that's not the original way from 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, they teach you, you're going to want it because it's give pleasure to the one who want to give it. Now I create a desire for them to want it. When some of you don't have kids, if you have kids, sometimes the kids come home when they are two years old with some picture that they did. It doesn't look uh, Mona Lisa. It doesn't look Picasso or Rembrandt. It looks like a picture. Even today when I'm going some invited to art show, I went to what's it going to Miami? There's Basel or Basel. Basel. I was invited there to a fancy art show. They thought that I'm a buyer. And they took me to a room, impressed me. Oh, yo, this for twenty thousand. Oh, this is only under thousand. And I said, I, I think you got the wrong guy. Just to let you know who I am, you know. We look, you are the right. I'm not the right. And I'm telling the guy, can you please tell them that I, get me into a room of picture under thousand? And I didn't know the salesperson was speaking Hebrew. I shouldn't speak loud. I told my wife, you know, at that time my daughter was young. I said, my daughter Rachel, can do something a little bit uh, nicer than that kishkush, meaning that uh, little scramble on, on, on that paper. But that's beside the story. What I'm trying to, to bring you here, why do you want what do you want? Why? Why do you want what you want? You must answer that question every day. Whenever you want something, you want to eat, why do you want to eat? Because you're hungry, then wait a little bit. In Judaism, there is blessing before every food. Mezonot, if you eat mezonot. Amotzi, Geffen. Why you have blessing? Why God is like watching over you and say, aha, catch you. Then say the blessing. Minus two to this guy. <laughs> what a joke. What a joke. You know, when I went to yeshiva, 
You know, it was very strict. Today it's much nicer. You know, in those days they used to hit you. It used to be different education. Today they will arrest the, the rabbi and the teacher. But it, the old days was different a little bit. But we believe in punishment. You know, God is up there in heaven and look over you. And if you are going to have a cheeseburger, you, that's it. Karet, you're going to die now. Die. It doesn't operate like this. The, the, the karet doesn't mean die. Karet means you separate, nichrat, meaning you separate yourself from that force of endless beautiful energy, endless energy of love that's coming down. You just have to create a vessel, meaning a receiving force that will be able to receive it for the sake of sharing or for the sake of giving a pleasure to the one who give it to you. In Hebrew, it's called la'asot nachat ruach leotzo. On Yom Kippur, on Rosh Hashanah, the Tikkunah Zohar say, be careful, please. Say, be careful when you ask for a thing. Don't. Better don't ask for a thing. A lot of people ask for money. Don't ask for money on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's worse, the worst curse that could happen to you when you do it on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur than ever. Don't, just don't. Say, build within me the right desire to receive the gift that you want to give me. That's a prayer to say. Because he's already want to give you more than you can, you can imagine. Can you think like God? No, you can't. You, we, we're going to think limited. We're human. Everything is limited. That's what there is graveyard. Everybody eventually going to die. That's when we are limited. We have limited life. Lim everything limited. We're limited. Five senses is limitation. God doesn't have limitation. So the amount of things you want to give you in one lifetime or two lifetimes or three lifetimes, it's endlessly. You just have to be ready to receive it. Abraham was directly connected to God. God has so many gifts on his list to give him. One of them, Ma'arat HaMachpelah. What is Ma'arat HaMachpelah? After every person die, every human being who die has to go to that cave. Every human being, Jewish, non-Jewish, doesn't matter. When people talk about the tunnel that they see, that's Ba'arat HaMachpelah. Remember, I say tunnel, and there's a light in that tunnel, like we mentioned in the Zohar before. That's what people see after they die. That's exactly that tunnel. Every soul that going to heaven has to go to that tunnel, and then it go up. That's why that place, those of you who have been there, how many of you have been in Hebron, Ma'arat HaMachpelah? Wow, not all of you, no? So, recommend, after everything is peaceful there, highly recommend it. They've been me take a lot of time, group of people, and we take them to meditate there. You're going to feel something physically, not emotionally, not spiritually. You're going to feel it. That's what I love about Israel. I, I take tourists sometimes into America, into Poland. They feel something, but it's not the same. When I take tourists into Israel, I say, what? I said, don't worry. Just put your hand here, and you will tell me what you feel. And they put their hand in a place that's called the entrance to the Garden of Eden. Ooh, they start feeling something. I said, do I need to explain more? I said, no, no, I got it. I took with me somebody last year, and I took him to a grave site of a tzaddik, of a righteous person, and he asked me to get him out of there immediately. He started seeing things, and I cannot handle it. Out, get me out of here now. Because I took him all day. I said, it's not going to be a fun trip. It's going to be only spiritual trip, pure energy. Can you handle it? He said, ah, can handle anything. So in the middle of the trip, he said, yeah, I'm done. Done, out. Get me out of this spiritual trip. I want to eat just food. Just get me food and fun. I'm done with spirituality, just fun. I said, okay, then we're going to go back to Tel Aviv. Forget the North. We're going to go somewhere else and just chill and relax. What I'm trying to tell you guys, and I hope you're getting this message. You want to get what you want. Then define why you want it. After you define what you wanted, define where is that things come from. If you believe it's come from God, then ask God to build within you the right desire for what he want to give you. But if what you want is there because you want it because that, you don't have it, be careful. You might be fooled by some forces that are not good for you. Is there is any question before I'm going into a short meditation with you? And, and you should read my book. Those of you who can read it. Uh, by the way, because I'm Israeli, so I write, I write everything in English. And a writer will help me to edit after that. So maybe the book will not be the best book for you to... Uh, to read or understand, but the content is very important because there is a lot of subjects there that can truly guide you and help you. The book has a weird name. It's called The Laughing Billionaire. The reason I call it The Laughing Billionaire because when I moved to New York, I met a billionaire 
coincidentally, in Canal Street, if you know what Canal is, and he gave me a lift in his Bentley, Rolls Royce convertible, and we become very good friends. Become very, we still friends. And we, we, he drove the car and said, Ah, Eliyahu, huh? look at my life. I got a Rolls, I got this, I got this. And then he stopped next to, in the, in the West Side Highway, those of you who know where it is, around 39th Street, he stopped there. It was a group of people. It was a fire, it was winter time. There's fire and they're singing and they're very happy. And he started crying. I said, why are you crying? I said, listen, I'm so rich. I have everything a human being can want. I can't have that happiness. I, I can't. I can't have that. What they have in the street now, with the, that five minutes, I cannot have it. I don't. I just, I just have it all, and I can't figure out how to do that. And we start laughing, and we become friendly. So the laughing billionaire, meaning some billionaires are miserable, and some people who laugh are very poor. How do you combine both of them? How do you combine that you can be successful in both ways? That's why I call it the laughing billionaire. That's that's why I came up with that with the name. Any question? Did was that answer your question? Wonderful. I saw you you raise your hand in the end. There, you want to ask me something? No, back. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was just wondering. So when we pray, can you speak louder, please, please? When we pray, is it okay to pray to be the vessel for like for what Hashem want to give you? Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, for other people you can pray, but you 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 have to be careful with not to have audacity. Meaning, when you pray for other people, you have to feel like you're standing in front of something that you are respect, not somebody who serve you. Because if that force you're praying to is just a server, then it's below you. But if that force is above you, he said, "I'm asking for help." For for my sister, for my brother, asking if you can help for help or give me an idea what is that they need to do so they get the help, you know, but not ask it with chutzpah, with audacity, like give me help, give me money, okay? What is the vessel to give to other people? What is the vessel? I mean, the point is truly to every relationship to God. We, learn, we all need to have a relationship with God. You know, one of the Hasidim, you know, since the Baal Shem Tov, what is the Baal Shem Tov, holy Baal Shem Tov, put into this world? Relationship to God. Before the Baal Shem Tov, people didn't have a relationship to God. They were just looking at God as an entity. After Baal Shem Tov came, Rabbi Israel Baal Shem Tov, he brought to the Jewish world that relationship you can have with God. You know, you can actually talk to the Creator every moment. You know, you actually say to God, listen, I think I'm falling with my desire. I think I'm not asking correctly. I think I'm falling into my selfish. I only think about myself. Can you please help me? This you can ask. Can you please help me to become nicer to people? Can you please help me to forgive? This you can ask. You can ask God to make you a nicer person. But you cannot ask God to give you things you don't have. You know? Sometimes uh, we meet people we cannot forgive. I don't know if that ever happened to you. People who really hurt you. Really, really, really like damage your life. I have a few in my life, a few times. And I, I remember crying and asked God, please help me. I, I, you got to guide me. I'm losing it. I'm just hurt. My pain is so big that I, I can't believe they did it to me. Please either take the pain away or find a way for me to forgive for real. Not just I'm sorry and forgive you. For real, like... No longer it's attached to me. And that's, that's all sure. My wife's giving me a sign that the time is uh, finished. I have, I have a very organized American. Uh, not You are Hungarian too? No. You're Polish and uh, Austria, Vienna and Russia. Right? That's the mix. So we're going to do a short meditation. Uh, we didn't do it last week. And in this meditation, I would like you to... What is meditation? It's called in, in, in uh, Hebrew, it's called Itbonenut. Itbonenut is meaning looking into something. Litbonen. Litbonen, I'm looking into something. So itbonenut is come from the word bina, meaning you're going into a certain chamber, and in that chamber, you start looking into your life. And uh, I prepare you what I'm going to do is we want to fix our desire, how we want things, and start to draw into your life what's truly belong to you, not other people's business. I want to meet the people I'm meant to meet. I want to meet the business idea I want to meet. I want to, I want to meet that. I don't want to meet something not me. 
That's what I want to invite into my domain. Now, to do that, we have to activate it, something called Kli. Kli means in Hebrew vessel. Kli is Kaf Lamed Yud, which is Kohen Levi Israel. This is the three letters. Now, how you activate that vessel? How do you activate that vessel? Is you are thinking of the pleasure of the Creator to give you. You're not thinking of your pleasure of receiving what you want. You think about the pleasure of the giver. It's like a mother finally see her son. She didn't see him for two months and is now her daughter and she make meal for them. But the son or the daughter happen to eat outside when they come home and they don't want to eat. But they do a favor to the mom and say, okay, mom, we're going to eat. Okay, we're going to eat. Now the mom is happy. So that vessel we need to create. So just the reason we close our eyes is not because we want to close our eyes. Because when you close your eyes, you're not only in 72nd Street. You're everywhere you want to be. So focus on your breathing. Not necessarily to do it too perfect or too amazing. Just relax your body. Sit as you wish on this one. And I want you to see yourself in a forest, but alone, please. You're in a forest alone. You can even smell the trees. You can step on some dry branches on the floor that make some noise as you're walking. You can see the sky when you look up. What you are on a move, meaning you're walking. I want you to walk around that forest until you feel there's a comfortable place where you can sit. Take your time. Take inhale and exhale and just relax your body here so your spirit can walk around the forest. When you found your place, just sit there and relax. And I want you to write down, you can choose a piece of paper, you can write it down on the ground, three things that you definitely need or want in your life. Just write it down, don't, don't think too much. Just write down the first three things that you want, desire, or need. Write down. You'll be very happy if those three things will take a place in the next year. Now, I want you to circle this one thing from the three, which is the most important thing for you. Only one. Choose only one from the three, please. While you're sitting next to that tree, I want you to see yourself meditate and pray to the master of the world, Ribbono Shalolam, God, and ask like that. This one thing from this three things that I choose is something I desire. I don't know if I should desire it. And I don't know if I shouldn't. Meaning, I hope to know. But I'm asking the master of the world to either create a desire in me for this one thing to receive it. If the creator thinks, no, that he want to nourish me with that gift, please build within me a desire to receive that gift. And if it's not what the creator want to give me, Please create a different type of desire within me so I can have an affinity with the Creator.
see yourself now standing, look at the forest, look at the beautiful forest, walk around. Inhale as deep as you can. Yes, and then exhale. Then slowly, slowly open your eyes. Wonderful. That short meditation usually is supposed to take about 20 minutes. We did it in three to five minutes. So try to practice that at home if you want to achieve whatever that you want to achieve in this life.